Welcome to Johnny Tacos Podcast. I am Johnny Tacos. We're here for a taco talk. But you know what? It is Tuesday, so it's Taco Tuesday testimonials where we don't actually eat tacos, but you talk, you talk to a taco, to a go to a guest, not a ghost, to a guest. <laughs> so, and today I have Sue Boyles uh from Ohio. So, you know, it's 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 a little bit of a um, language barrier. Nah, I'm just joking. It's just our <laughs> accents, but uh, we'll we'll have her come in. I'm really excited about talking to her. She is an awesome uh, author. She is a life coach, a master life coach. You got to put the master in there because she worked hard <laughs> for that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but before I get my guest on the line. I just want to say thank you to my sponsor for this episode, which is Covenant Life Church. Covenant Life Church, where their motto is, we are the church. Uh, Pastor John, Pastor uh, Glenn Ledbetter uh, shepherds their flock with uh, great information from the Bible, as well as some funny antics. So if you uh, see John try to dance or break dance on the the, uh, stage don't worry that's part of the routine at least that's what he says so uh but if if you're in waxahachie texas it's at 423 north college drive in waxahachie 75165 and if you're not able to uh attend a church uh for some reason because you are a homebody or you don't like the presence of a million people around you which you know it's a small church but um they do offer online service. It's covenantlife.online. So, and uh, when you get on there, say, hey, Johnny Taco said that y'all give out tacos for every time a, a person comes to church. So, so there you go. That, that right there is my plug-in for today. So, you know what? I'm done talking about tacos. So, here, here's the intro. All right, thanks to Filthy Rich Williams for that intro. It's always fun to talk to him. Um, so, good evening, good afternoon, good something. Hey, Sue, how are you? Ooh. I am doing well. How are you? Uh, you know, cat in a hat. You know, I, I should be the next Dr. Sue. Dr. Yeah, Dr. Sue. Anyways. Um, Johnny, so, I'm having a real hard time hearing you. Oh, you are? I am. Can you hear me now? That's better, yeah. Okay. My apologies. I keep moving around. I guess I'm too excited here. So, um, how are you doing today? How is it up there in Ohio? Ohio, it's sunny today, which is really nice. It's July, so things get hot and steamy pretty quick with, uh, you know, so storms might roll through or something, but things are going well up here. Uh, just having a good time, having a good summer. We've had a lot of family events, which is always fun. So it's uh, kind of nice to get out, be able to get out and be with people again. Yeah, thank God that um, all these bans have been lifted because of the COVID, um, the COVID issue, the COVID right. error is what we call it nowadays. So, yeah, and family time is 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 what you need. You you need that recharge with family to enjoy. And what's what's better than having a nice sunny day out in the park? Exactly. Yeah, we had a big family reunion beginning of June, 
that we figured out was the first time in 14 years we had all been together as cousins. Uh, we, we lost two aunts in four months between my mom passed October 2021 and another aunt passed in January 2022. And we just decided we were done having reunions at funerals. So we did, did something about it, had a fantastic family reunion. We're now going to do it every two years. Uh, we probably had 50 or 60 people there this time and, and not everybody was there. So we're going to we're going we're gonna to just celebrate family. So definitely have some fun. Yeah, it's it's funny when um, you have those two main people that keep the family together and when if they, mm-hmm. you know, they unfortunately go to heaven and it's kind of hard for the, the rest of the family to issue out. But I'm glad that y'all have a strong bond to have that huge 60 people. Yes. Let's see, how many yeah, people do I have left in my family? I think I have about 18 people and maybe three of them will show up to a family reunion because mm-hmm. we're always busy. That, that, that's, that's one thing that, you know, there was, there were six sisters and family was a huge part of everything. So it's the legacy. We are their legacy now. So we want to pass that on. And, and even some of the cousins said we went for such a long time where we really didn't have contact with each other. And then the, the connection just picked right back up. And, and that just tells us the bond that our parents set and the, the example that they set. And that's the legacy we want to pass on to the next generation now. So, yeah, we had a great time. There are 30 cousins between the six sisters. There are 30 cousins. And then by the time you add spouses and kids and grandkids and everything. So uh, we have there's one aunt left. She's 95. My uh, uncle just turned 96 two days ago. And my dad is still with us. and He's 89. So he's he's the youngest one of the ones that are left. He's the baby. He's the baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it's harder. Um, it's, it's harder with the newer generation when everybody's electrical and they want to, mm-hmm. Oh, well, can we do a reunion on Facebook live, you know, and no. stuff like that. And people tend to get, get away from that connection. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. that physical connection that you have with your family. And, you know, I, I, I have to admit, you know, I'm, real busy I, I and i totally forget to call my mom sorry mom i apologize i'll call you more i'm happy that you're back at work love you uh she had a stroke earlier uh well Ooh. last year in december and it was touch and mm. go for a little bit but she's able to her motor functions and everything is awesome so she's back at Great. work so i have to embarrass her here on the on the on the uh, podcast, you know, she's a uh... treasure every minute. I, Mom lived with me for 23 years. I was her care, her caregiver the last eight years of her life. And, you know, there is no greater, no greater privilege. I, I don't regret one thing of, of whatever it took to give mom a high quality of life and have some very precious memories and just really establish a, a different level relationship with her that I never thought I'd have. So cherish every minute, every minute that you have. Every yeah. minute you have. Yeah, that's that's true. So I'll, I'll call my mom here after this after this episode. I'll call my, mom. I'm calling you. You better answer that phone. I know where you live. <laughs> so uh, enough about me. Uh, how was your life growing up? I know that um, you have a book coming out that explains more about uh, mm-hmm. about your life, how you lived. So uh, let's start off as as a kid, as a tiny suit. Yeah. Well, let me give a quick trigger warning, because what I'm about to say can be triggering for people that may have been affected by sexual assault 
or you know suicidal thoughts or anything like that. Uh, and I say that because you know, one, if there's little ears in the room, maybe it's not appropriate. You know, you want to give them a chance to to distract them. But um, you know, my my childhood, I had a had a good childhood, but I had a rough childhood. And what I mean by that is that family life was fine, but I had an event happen to me when I was in first grade that I didn't tell anybody about until my senior year of college. And that event was that a classmate of mine when I was in seven, when I was seven years old in first grade, raped me after school one day. And I didn't tell anybody for 15 years. So, you know, I, I have learned a lot about myself since I have learned a lot about the grace of God since. And I've done the hard work of healing. So uh, while that was a very traumatic event, I, I'm thankful to say now that no longer defines me. But you know, we had, we had, you know, it, we had fun, just the, the usual stuff. Have a lot of, you know, I've found some old pictures going through stuff of moms and you know, sitting on dad's shoulders and you know, playing horse and you know, playing cards or shooting marbles on the living room floor and just all kinds of fun stuff like that. You know, so just the usual stuff. We swing set in the back and, uh, you know, playing ball and just, you know, going to sporting events. And one of the favorite things I talked about in the book was we'd go to watch my brother play soccer and dad would get in the goalie in the goal at halftime. And all the kids from the sidelines, all the families would go out and we'd take shots on it, you know, and just, just have fun. Just how much fun dad played with us and mom. Um, you know, as I got more into, into high school, you know, I had the whole teenage stuff going on. Um, but, Later in high school and then in college, dad took a new position in that pressure. Um, he, that pressure has got to him and he, 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 he became an alcoholic. And so there was a, a lot of um, emotional distance for a number of years. Now, it is very important for, for me to say that my dad is 31 plus years sober. The relationships have been more than restored and they are better than they have ever been. My dad is my biggest cheerleader and, and, and my closest friend. And, you know, sometimes you have to go through the hard stuff to get to the better. And that's certainly been our story. Uh, but we're, we're living in the land of better now. You know, that, that, that is awesome. What you were saying about 31 years sober, mm-hmm. um, you know, congratulations to you, to your pop, you know, uh, it's, yeah. it's hard to get away from that addiction. And we did an mm. addiction um, a special for 4th of July about breaking mm. the chains of addiction. And, you know, that, that is awesome. You know, um, it, you know, wanting to, to do it and putting your, putting your life with God, you know, it, you know, have him help you push away. You know, you can't do it yourself. You know, you can, right. but you also have to want to do it too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and, and at that point in time, you know, we did an intervention on dad. And if anyone's not familiar with that, it is the most gut wrenching experience. I don't wish it on my worst enemy because you are basically telling somebody how their drinking behavior has affected you. And you're in essence giving an ultimatum. You're, you're, you're drawing a boundary. And the boundary I drew with my dad was that if he didn't go for treatment that day, I would not come visit him anymore. And you have to be really be willing to live with that boundary. But you want to let people know that I'm not willing to be around your behavior anymore. So, you know, he, he, he thankfully went to treatment that day. I'm always blessed because out of everybody he could have rode, ridden with, he chose to ride with me. So that was always special. We've always been close like that. Um, my brother is also nine plus years sober. Al- uh, addiction runs in our family. 
you know, I'm in recovery from an eating disorder and which is another addiction. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it runs in our family, but you know, like I said, we're fighters and we come out the other side. Speaking of a eating disorder, you had a, it was during your teenage years that you started the eating disorder. Yeah. It kind of started in high school, but really ramped up in college. And, and uh, what um, was it like a comfort uh, to eat? Was it because did you feel like an outsider or uh, cause I know a lot of people that you overeat and myself included was kind of like a pacifier or kind of like a, mm-hmm. a comfort, uh, because, you know, depression, you know, you either eat too much or you don't eat at all. Um, right. so. Yeah. The, the, it's, it started for me. I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't eat with a lot of people. So it's got real uncomfortable feeling like people, like I was sticking like sticking out like a sore thumb, the eating disorder I have, um, is called OSFED because here's, there's so much we could talk about just about eating disorders. There's no particular look of an eating disorder. I didn't look to anybody like there was a problem, but there was a big problem. And OSFED stands for other specified feeding and eating disorder. That means I don't meet all the diagnostic criteria for anorexia, for bulimia or overeating or binge eating, but I still have disordered eating. Mine, it was kind of like atypical anorexia. Um, I would call it odd eating behaviors or anorexic tendencies, but I never even called it an eating disorder. And I actually did not even go into recovery for that until 2016. So it's only been six years. Um, But yeah, it, for me, it was, I got uncomfortable and I had, when, when Bobby raped me, my emotions were frozen in time. And because of that, I didn't know how to speak up for myself. I didn't know how to make my needs known. I didn't know that it was okay to have needs. And, and I, I, I put on this mask and I had lived the facade that I was okay, that Sue was golden. Sue's your go-to gal. You know, she'll get stuff done for you. Sue doesn't have any problems. And I was crumbling on the inside. And when I got to college, one year in particular just got to be really stressful. And I may have enjoyed another serving the food. But in my mind, it was telling me that I would be found out by everybody as a fake if I went up for more food because I would be admitting that I had a need. So I learned to shut off my hunger. I left the cafeteria and I snapped and I learned to curb my hunger. So my, my, like I said, mine's, mine's different, but a lot of it, it came from the insecurity. It came from not feeling worthy, not feeling like it was okay to not be okay. Uh, feeling like I had to be a fake and then being scared of being found out that I was a fake. And um, what had happened to you at a younger age um, was the, was the, the root of it. Uh, you think it was the root of it? Yeah. Eating disorders have nothing to do with food and they have everything to do with unresolved issues. And I had a lot of unresolved issues when I finally connected with the counselor I'm with now we ended up having to spend about six years of getting me stronger in the present before we could go back and deal with the past. And it, I'd like to say, I didn't know what a boundary was. I'd let everybody walk all over me and then I'd be fuming mad because I let it happen. So I was caught in that cycle. Um, you know, I was not well, I wasn't, I didn't know how to take care of myself, how to stand up for myself. So I had a lot going on, but yeah, ultimately it started with, with, with the rape. And then 
trauma literally rewires your brain. It, it, it changes the neuro pathways in your brain. So at a very young age, I went into fight, flight, and freeze. And that's how I learned to operate. That's how I learned to survive. So I didn't have a chance to be a normal kid and just go out and play and have fun without feeling like I had to look over my shoulder for something. So, um, you know, it started with that and then it compounded. So by the time you go through middle school and high school and college, if you're already off base, if, you, like, if you're off base here and you're already building on it, you're building on, on, on a very crooked, crooked, shady foundation. So by the time you get to, you know, even older, breaking points come more easily because you don't have a short foundation that you've built on. So at, at that time, did you, was your spirituality still intact? Uh, did was your family, uh, into, uh, were churchgoers? Did they go to church or? Yeah, we were raised Catholic. We, 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 we raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school all the way through high school, except for a couple of years in public school. So, you know, great education, very involved at church, you know, worked festival booths and coordinated departments and the whole deal. Um, you know, dad was very involved and we were just involved everywhere. So, but it wasn't until my senior, until the summer between my senior, my junior and senior years of college, where I, I, I finally embraced the difference between religion and a relationship. I had heard about it in college, but I never, I was, I was the type of show me in the Bible where it says I have to pray to receive Christ, you know, that kind of thing. And um, I went, a friend of mine from my, from where I worked, a fast food restaurant invited me to a Petra concert. And oh, yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know who they were. It was just a concert. I wanted to go. And there was something about that night. There was a joy in the crowd that I had not experienced and I wanted it. So by the time they got to the part of, of sharing the gospel and praying and doing the invitation, I looked at the front and invited me and said, let's go. And I went backstage and then we went to the restaurant where we worked later. And he's like, well, tell him what happened. And I'm like, and then buddy kind of helped me through it and everything. So that's so why I came to Christ when I was 21. But even then, it took another year for me to realize that my life lifestyle should change. So I really didn't start walking it out until I was in graduate school. And even then, it was still up and down. Uh, I didn't find stability in my faith for many, many years. And all of that because of the, of the stuff that I was dealing with growing up. The, the, the difference, though, is that now I had Christ in there trying to you know, dig up the roots that I had compacted in there. So it was a good thing. But it was a very hard thing at the same time because, you know, old tapes don't die easily. Yeah, true. That that is so true, and and happening at a such a a young age and and when you fall off that kilter, like you said, you you got that the normal spectrum of growing up, mm -hmm. and then when you get to that part where the trauma happens, because it happened to me. I I was uh, my mother's um, one of my mother's ex husbands try to kill me in my sleep when I was a little bit older than maybe about wow. nine or 10 years old. Mm. And, um, I lived with that trauma for a long time with, uh, with, uh, night terrors as well as, mm -hmm. you know, not trusting people. I still, I'm very yeah. defensive and yeah. very on call. So, and it, yeah. and I'm 45. Yeah. I look young. I know. Thank you. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, I lived with that, and and I can understand we we come we had two different types of traumas, but they were they were traumas and they 
<laughs> and and they they affected pretty much the, the same way in in a, in a speaking of development. So right. when when you when you had that um, epiphany to saying, hey, I'm going off the the track of what I need and what God's plans for me. Uh, did you have an aha moment? Uh, what what year was that? Ask me that, what year was it when what happened? When you had an aha moment, like, like, oh, you're, you're going through this, um, you're going through this, this, um, you know, this trauma is still going to you through college, out of, out of college. Where was that right. time where, where you, you found, you know, you found Jesus, you know, you found Jesus, um, in your early twenties, right. but, um, what, what, what gave that, uh, was it was it the concert or was it uh did he speak to you that night or or what what happened yeah. to, to turn everything around to becoming this awesome li- master life coach that you are today okay well i mean there were a lot of steps along the way but the the big the big uh avalanche of, of avalanche of hope oh i like this one. that's a good way to put it the avalanche of hope started in 2014 I'm a writer. I come up with phrases. Hey, so, that's your that's your next um, book. Next book. <laughs> I do like that. I'm gonna have to write that one down. Now, that's gonna be a blog post or something for sure. Um, but it started in 2014. There was a movie that came out called Ragamuffin, and it was based on the life of the late Rich Mullins. Uh-huh. And in fact, uh, this year, this October, this September is 25 years since he went to heaven. And um, the movie was it was based on his life, and it was a really hard watch. Yeah. You know, put in a little bit of context at this point in time, this was the year that my counselor and I finally started dealing with the rape. So it was four plus decades since the event. And we were finally able to start talking about it. So emotions are not the friend of an eating disorder. They're actually enemies. So I was having to deal with a lot of emotion that I had shoved down for 40 plus years. I was talking about something that I hadn't told anybody about except for one person, my senior, my co- in college. Um, and I was just, I was, I was imploding. I, I was not doing well. My, my eating disorder was kicking again. Um, I just, I was not well. And um, I, I came across this movie and I watched it and, and it was a hard watch. The first 20 minutes, I did a lot of, uh, it's got something in my eye, mom, you know, kind of thing, because I didn't, again, I didn't want to be found out. I was still wearing my mask eight years ago. And each time I got something out of that movie, I watched it four or five or six times throughout the summer and had family members over and I was watching it with them, showing it to them. And later in that summer, the, the, the movie producer and the family and friends of Rich Mullins who were involved with the movie started talking about doing a retreat to carry on a conversation with the themes of the movie. One of those themes was maskless living and, and living a life of reckless abandon, reckless faith and, and parent-child relationships, just all these things that were striking close to the core. And, and even then I was, you know, I was like, oh, I should know. No, no. I was supposed to go to Nashville so you just see some friends. And I was like, oh, and you kind of just felt, felt that, keep feeling that tug. When I finally relented and signed up for it, they opened, one of the powerful things about this retreat it's called walking. It's now called walking stick retreats, and they open up a Facebook group just for the people going on that retreat, so you can get to know each other. Well, that first year we were all strangers, so they asked us to share our stories. Now, I had not shared my story publicly 
up to this point in time. And I spent about three days lurking in the room and, and commenting on encouraging other people. But man, I wasn't, I wasn't, the egg was not cracking. And then one morning I woke up and I just kind of had that heart pound, you know, that, okay, it's my turn. I need to do this. And I sat in my dining room about half hour and pot of coffee and pounded out my story, hit send and waited all day long because I was waiting to be trashed. And it's now been eight years, eight plus years. I have yet to get one negative comment about my story. So when I went to that retreat, that's when, that's when the aha moment started. I went in thinking, calling myself the holy exception, that, that I was too screwed up, too far gone. The Bible was good enough for everybody else but me. I was a waste of space. I left there saying and starting to believe for the first time that, um, that Jesus Christ loves me. And he not only loves me, he likes me. And then each year after that, things continued to build. And that helped me deal with my story. And, and now you know, God speaks in languages we understand. And for me, it's through this retreat community. And now I've done that hard work healing to get me where I am today. But for me, he did it through this community of people who are, are, are messy and, and, you know, have issues and we're broken and we still want to pursue Christ and regardless of that. You know, that, that right there sounds like a really awesome group. Um, I tried, I tried that over at my church having like a men's because, uh, men, men tend, uh, tend to make it, uh, they, they feel difficult to explain themselves in front of women Mm -hmm. about issues. And then, and then they, they find it difficult to talk to each other Mm -hmm. too, because you're a man, you're supposed to be hardwired you can't let anything right. bother you you can't break down You're, you you know you have to be there you have to be the foundation that keeps the family going um you know but men have emotions too so i tried to do that but a, a lot of the men at my church they they, they were pretty standoffish so it was most of the time it was me and a good friend and we would just sit there mm-hmm. as long as we were opening up to each other and we were able right. to heal it didn't matter how many people come to it, but that that walking stick um, sounds so interesting. It sounds like well, first of all, the next retreat is is April twenty twenty three in just outside Louisville, Kentucky. So open invitation. It's open for everybody. There's already information on the website. It's walkingstickretreats.org. So I'd love to see you there. The other thing is that this October we have an event in Wichita, Kansas, and. Rich Mall, it's 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 called uh, Rich Mullins. The Rich Mullins experience is the best as we can remember him. And I may botch that title, but something like that. And basically, it's the 25th anniversary of Rich going home to Christ, going home to Jesus. Uh-huh. And um, he he had gotten he had left Nashville, went to Friends University to get a music degree, an education degree, so he could teach music to the Navajo children on the res- reservation. Wow. Friends is opening it up an archive group, an archive room. So they've got a big celebration event that weekend. Walk the walking stick group is going to be out there, some different people, and it's just a social time. There's no retreat, there's no organized retreat. It's simply social and fellowship to to really have that chance to just connect. So. I would love to meet you in, in Wichita. Yeah, there, there's information on the website about that as well. Um, there's a Facebook open group about that as well. And we'd love to, to have you come up there. We, we actually have some other retreat people from Nashville, from uh, Texas. They're coming up for it. So I, I can connect to the other Texans and love to have you. 
That'd be awesome. I'll, I'll keep it out and I'll uh, I'll put it down on the information below on the podcast. So other right. people that like, hey, I'm I need some kind of fellowship and I'm I don't have yeah. it here. Oh yeah, well, we'll we'll fix you up. We'll fix you up with all this all Definitely. this wonderful information. Uh, Anything Walking Stick does is open to anybody. It is not a closed group. We want more people because yeah. everybody deserves to have have how have a place where they can be authentic. Yeah, and and it's getting harder and harder. When you get older and older, your friendship pool becomes a puddle, and then a drop. You know, uh, people get they get married, they move away. You know, things happen, and mm-hmm. it's it's always nice to have a place where you can meet new people, wholesome right. people, people that are like having the same issues or you know having right. um, the same likes the. The, the same walk yep. with Jesus as mm-hmm. as you are in, in the same place, you know. I'm, how many times I'm going to yep. say same? Okay. Uh, so you have a book out. Uh, yes. And what is the name of that book? The book is called This Much I Know, The Space Between. I have it right here. That's what it looks There you go. That's a very nice cover right there. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, it came out in 2019. And in November 2020, it won second place at the Faith and Fellowship Book Festival. So it is now an award-winning book. So uh, it was, it's, it's, it's very encouraging. It was a nice little uh, God wink is what I call it, to let me know I'm on the right track because it was my first book. I self-published it, and it won an award. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. So. And, um, and it's, it's available on all the, the bookstores, Amazon, uh, Amazon and Kindle. Yeah. Amazon okay. Kindle. My website has a link to it as well. Okay. And it's, um, uh, you have the hard cover, right? For sale as well. Hard. To uh, nope. So, so, soft cover and soft cover and or Kindle. Okay. Cause uh, you know, I, that sounds like a really good read. I'm, I'm going to have to get, uh, check Amazon and get that for you. If I, if I get yeah. it, can I get your autograph? If, if I buy you it, sure can awesome. I'd be, I'd be, that, when we're done here send me your address and I'll send you a book awesome because uh I find your story fascinating well, and you. and God is God has made you even though you went through this through uh that season mm-hmm. of um you know betrayal because it is a betrayal mm-hmm. you had a friend and uh, that person mm-hmm. betrayed you right and you went through that season you know God God was there. He was there. Yes, he was. Um, many people don't understand. They, they, they're, they're saying, well, why God, why did you let this happen? Why did you do this? Why did I asked that question. Yeah. And I, I asked that question too, you know, and, and there's people, my listeners ask that question. And the reason is, is, is God is there to comfort you. He's not there to do everything for you. You, you live that life. Um, it was because we got free will that the bad things happen to mm-hmm. us. Uh, right. most of the time it's, it's the other person's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a, a, a small majority where it was our choosing our, our path that right. we take to lead to it. But the, right. the thing is, is he was there to comfort. He, he was there. Mm-hmm. He, he felt the pain that you felt. Um, mm-hmm. But down the road, it, it makes you stronger. It, it 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 sharpens you, and then once you learn that, you're able to help others. So I mm-hmm. believe what I went through, and and that made me stronger to 
see people for who they are uh, than mm-hmm. what's on the outside of parents. Exactly. I, I, I now know and understand that while God did not make any of that happen, he's in the business of making good from it. And it now allows me to re- reach and relate to a wide audience of people, um, which is humbling and exciting because I want to, I want to be for others, what others were for me. I am now a voice of hope. I equip, I empower, and I encourage that, that, that's, that's my threefold mission. That that's, that's what my business, my step ahead is all about is, excuse me, helping people take that next step. You only have to be a step ahead to help the person behind you. We don't have to have it all figured out. God can use you right now, even in your mess, even as you're sorting things out, he can still use you now while you are still reaching out for the help that you want and need as well. That's what the whole premise of, of my business is, that the, the book itself shares my story in, 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 in you know, broader range and, and you know, kind of covers everything. But then the set, that's the first half of the book. The, the idea behind the book is that this much I know is my story. That's the one thing all of us have and nobody can take from us. And then the space between is the healing journey God took me on about having to, first of all, own my story because I was in denial about my story. Then having to grieve my story because I didn't realize how much loss there was in my story. And then the third year at retreat, and all all these are, are nuggets that came from retreat each year. The third year, the nugget I left with was I am valuable to God. And that's when things started to turn. So my, my parting, anytime I speak, my challenge to the listener in the audience is dare to believe that you matter because when you matter, that's when th- when you believe that you matter, you already matter, but we not, may not always believe it. When we believe that we matter, when we take God at his word and depart, when he says you matter, I died for you, you matter that much. That's when things start to change. Amen. Uh, well, we're out of time. Thank you so much, Sue, for uh, coming up on the show. Uh, for any of her, uh, the information on how to uh, reach her, uh, you have a website, correct? It's uh, Sue, uh, Sue Bowles. Sue So yep. you can see her Facebook, IG, uh, everything uh, that you need to have um, to talk to her, to communicate, to get the book. Um uh, and to also uh, get her services as a um, as a um, you know coach, a life coach, a master life coach. Uh, what I would like to to say is um, thank you so much, uh, so much for uh, co- coming on the show today. Uh, all the new listeners to the Johnny Taco Show. Um, this is you might have thought this was a uh, you might have thought this was a a food uh, a food podcast where you learn how to do tacos and how to make Mexican food. Well, I hate to disappoint you. This was a the only food I I get is the food from the book of 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 our Lord, you know, the Bible and the everlasting waters that Jesus had poured on to me, so I can pour on to you. Um, again, I would like to thank my guest, um, for coming on the show, um, an awesome testimony to show that you might go through 
issues in, in your life. You might go through trauma, but God is there for you. God is by your side. And with this, it makes you stronger. It makes you more of a soldier for God to go out there and, and preach his words and help others before they come into that same kind of traumatic event and, and help others open up uh, when you couldn't at that time. So I just want to say um, thank you to all my, my listeners uh, that listen to me all the time. You are the sauce that keeps this taco going. Uh, if, if y'all like this show, uh, if you like our other previous shows, our guests and all that, uh, please like, subscribe, um, share it with your church, um, share it with your family. Uh, this is a family podcast. This is has no cuss words. There's no, uh, there might be some serious adult um, speaking content, but the things that happen, uh, but it's it's because it, the testimony had to go through, had, had to go through the worst to show the best. So uh, thank you all again for coming on the show. Uh, also, if you like, uh, what I do, we do have Patreon, uh, where you can, uh, donate, uh, $5 if you, if you want to, I'm not asking for anybody to donate money, but you know, if you want to say, Hey, how can I help this podcast, uh, with what, uh, what he needs to help, uh, boost the, the word of God to everybody in the world. Uh, you can do that by hitting my, my email at johnnytacospodcast at gmail.com. Uh, without, without that said, I hope you all have a great day. God bless you and keep you. And I am out. Johnny, 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 Johnny,